Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I'm Pastor Vince Haney from Rama Word of Faith, the Word Church. Again, thank you for tuning in. And uh, it is the holiday season, or like I like to say the holy day season. So this is Christmas, or like I like to say, this is Christmas. <laughs> and we're coming live. We're coming live from uh, Life Radio and again, I just want to talk about, again, the real reason for the season. I know Wall Street, advertisers, um, manufacturers, they like it, make it, they want to make people, the American people, think it's all about uh, giving gifts. The season of giving. The season of giving. Well, well, and like I said, I believe the best gift we can give somebody is the revelation that Jesus Christ saves. Amen. You give them that understanding. I think that goes in line with uh, the Great Commission and our command to go and tell all the world the good news. And the good news is God's not mad at you. He's mad about you. And I know why, because he said he so loved the world that he gave. See, that's what the giving is all about. He gave something, the greatest gift on earth. That's why they call this the a season of joy and peace and all that. Well, we have peace with God through Jesus. Yeah. So that's the greatest gift you can give someone, especially Christians, Christians that are listening. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. You know, you don't got to be all preachy to people, but you, you can demonstrate the love of Christ. And you better not say you can't because in Romans 5, 5, it says the Holy Spirit the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So when we get saved, God pours himself into you. And he, and God in 1 John said he's love. He ain't nothing but love. So he pours all that love into you. So now you have the capacity to, to be like he is. Because as he is, so are you. So God's love. So we can demonstrate love to um, family members, to friends, and just... Lead them to Christ. I know a lot of people, we talk about this all the time, people think it's the pastor's job to go and make disciples only. No, it's the pastor's job to train and equip you and encourage and challenge you to go and fulfill the Great Commission by being loved, reminding you that you are the light of the world and you are the salt of the earth. And the world, you have what the world needs. Remember the scripture says in Romans 8, the whole world is waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. Well, see, what's interesting when you talk about each individual person being called, and the importance of that is I'm going to see people on Christmas Day that are in my family that you're never going to meet. I'll never meet them. You're going to see people in your family on Christmas Day that I'm never going to meet. And so everybody listening to us is going to meet people or have people at their house or go to somebody's house. They're going to have family over for Christmas that nobody else is going to meet. Nobody else may be in their church. Their pastor won't ever meet them. And so they're the one that's right there. They're the one that's there that God has placed in that person. Now, does that mean that everybody you meet for Christmas Day, do you got to stand up and preach a sermon? 
No. no. But they should see God's love and God's mercy and God's peace and God's joy in us. They should be able to look at us and see all of Not those things. Not only that, they should see and hear it in your conversation. Because over the holidays, that's all we're going to be doing is conversation, conversating, communicating through words. And again, that's the greatest way to show Christ is through your conversation. Your conversation should be in line with the kingdom of God. Because we know politics is going to come up. Oh, all kind of stuff. Man, the gas prices, the whole shebang, you know, the state of the nation. And our response as Christians, spirit-filled, mature Christians, it should be in line with God's will and his kingdom. Because the scripture says in First Peter or the Second Peter says, if anyone speaks, which he was referring to us Christians, let him or her speak as an oracle of God. If anyone ministers, let him minister with the ability that God has given us. So you say, and then he called us ministers of reconciliation. And and then, right, we're to be ministers of reconciliation. We're supposed to be peacemakers. And I got a feeling this Christmas, in a lot of households, they're going to need peacemakers. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world. You know, you've got oh, all yeah. this stuff with the police and, and all that. And there's there's people divided over that. And then you've got the Cuba thing and the, and the president. Remember, we say that every week it's going to be something else. We say this week is the Cuba thing. Right. Last the, the week it was. overture to Cuba, you know, and there's right, people right. that disagree about that. Right. And so there's going to be a lot of stuff that comes up this year, I think, at people's Christmas parties and at their homes that are going to divide people, that people are going to take opposite sides of. And as Christians, we need to be peacemakers. We need to be in that role of bringing people together rather than, Helping mm -hmm. to divide them. Right, right. And, and again, when you're filled with the knowledge of the Lord's will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, which it says in Colossians, you understand this is how I respond. I, I know Satan, who's called the God of this world, blinds the minds of those who believe not. They don't believe the kingdom. They don't believe his kingdom come, his will be done. That's God's desire that his will be done here on earth like it's done in heaven. And in heaven... They're not arguing over what's happening in the U.S. right now. <laughs> <laughs> they're, not, they're not. You don't think yeah, they're yeah, yeah. what the police are doing? They're not arguing about what are we gonna have a make friends with Cuba? Right, right, right. They're or, not doing or that. Sony but getting you, hacked but, by but, the North Koreans. Right, and you got to think. We we kind of think micro as people. We just think just America. Heaven. Scripture says. God loves the nations. Right. Well, heaven's full of people from every nation. Right, right. He loves people in Cuba too. Uh-oh, newsflash. Yeah, he loves Cubans, too. We They're like Christians to believe. in North Korea, too. Right, right. Might not but, be a lot of right, them. They but might we, be but, persecuted. But, but still, God so loved the world. We think when he says that, he's only referring to Americans or the countries that we have. Uh, friendships with. Friendships with. Yeah, no, no, he, he means everybody. You know what? You think about that. that people don't. North Korea, evil, terrible, hacking Sony, all that stuff. There are believers in North Korea. Yeah. And those believers are facing persecution that we probably can't even hardly understand. And that's why Scripture tells us to pray. I was thinking about that just this morning as I was driving into the office about praying and even praying in the spirit. Because you're praying for, I'm, I could be praying for somebody in North Korea. Because I understand God wants everybody saved. That's his desire, that every person on the planet Earth gets born again, redeemed, reconciled, and restored back to him. That's God's will. His will is that none should perish, but that all may have eternal life. Eternal life means redemption, reconciliation. That's God's will. So now you got to ask yourself, is that my will? Has my will lined up with God's will? And if not, go ahead and make the correction. Right. 
That's it. And how are you going to get God that? Let God be right and every man be a liar. Right, right. Let him be right. Don't try to lean to your own opinion, your own understanding. Well, I believe. No, it ain't what you, it's what he believes because he's the truth. So let the truth go ahead and set you free. And again, just communicate. You got to, we got to be mindful not to continue to be conformed to this world, especially during the holidays. Like we said earlier, we're going to have family members who have their own opinion and it's not the opinion of the kingdom. And our job is to advance the kingdom culture, the kingdom way of doing things as Christians. And we do that in love. We don't do that, you know, by arguing with people because the gospel, it is what it is. Jesus never sat and argued with nobody. He would say, they would say something. And we say, yeah, as you say. He didn't, you know, don't you know who I am? He didn't get all, all right. He didn't do that. You know, he, because he understood truth. And again, truth is the highest form of reality. And, and we have the truth because we have God's word on it. His word is the truth. You know, and there's some families that they get together and everything will be great. And then there's some families, and I've talked to people, you probably have too, they know that once their family all gets together, somebody's probably going to say or do something. Right, gonna, right, right, right. Like, blow up, you know? Well, because a lot of wounds, a lot of things didn't get healed. And because, lest the glorious light of the gospel should shine upon them. And when you don't have that or... You're a Christian, but you're still conformed to this world. You don't allow the word to take first place in your life. You just go ahead and do things. And we know there's Christians like that. They just go to church just to check that off. The word has no place in their life. Or they got their fire insurance. They just signed up to go to heaven. But the scripture says in Thessalonians, the word of God works mightily in those who believe. You got to allow that word to work in you. And... Scripture says in the beginning was the word and the word became flesh and dwelled among us. The word has to become flesh in you. That means like Paul said in him, Jesus Christ, the word, I live and breathe and have my very being. It's got to be who you are. Well, that is who you are. That's who God says you are. He says as he is, so are you. And we're children of God. And he tells us in Ephesians, be imitators of God. It's dear children. Jesus. If he keeps telling you all those times about that, you should get it. Well, see, and it's through the power of the Holy Spirit that we're able to do that. Oh, so yeah. we can't just decide we want to do that. I've heard people say, boy, wouldn't it be great if everybody just acted like Jesus, if everybody just did what Jesus did? Well, you can't just decide to do what Jesus did. You have to accept him as your Lord and Savior, and then the Holy Spirit comes on you and to indwell in you, and then you are able to be like Jesus. You can't just decide to and, be And we like know that. Jesus. What's that, the seven sons of Stephen? Skeva. Skeva. They, they decided, hey, we're going to do what th these guys are doing. But they didn't have the authority to do that, oh, or the uh, right. What's, what's it even say? Uh, Peter, Jesus Peter we know. know. Jesus I know. Or Jesus I know. I know Paul, Paul I, I know. know. But, but who are you? Who are you guys? See, <laughs> see they decided, we, oh, we just going to imitate them. No, you got to be in the family. And, and again... You could decide to do that once you get born again, saved, because now you're filled with the Spirit, and now you have a capacity, the authority, right. the right to do that. Greater is he that is in you that is in the world. Yeah, but and that's you the just decide, if you just decide, I'm going to be like Jesus, I'm just going to be nice like Jesus, it'll never work. It's only through the power of the Holy Spirit indwelling in us that we're able to. Love your enemies doesn't come as a natural thing. Pray for those that despitefully use you does not come as a natural thing. We are able to do those things because the Holy Spirit indwells in us. That's why we're able to love people that are mean to us. That's why we don't exact revenge on people that do things to us that we don't want done. It's because the Holy Spirit indwells in us and gives us the ability to do that. 
in our natural human nature is not to do any of those things. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. Right. And I was just thinking about this season, you know, Jesus is the reason for the season. And a lot of people like to do things, even Christians, they think they're doing things. And I know the scripture says, be fully pleasing to the Lord. And how we're fully pleasing the Lord, God's into a relationship. He's relational. That's why we refer to him as Abba Father. That's why we refer to each other as Brother Richard, Brother Vance, you know, Sister So-and-So. Because it's about relationship. And Jesus talked about who was a neighbor or a friend to the uh, Samaritan. Well, the, the guy that got beat up. Was he a Samaritan or no, just? No, it was a Samaritan that actually. Right. Yeah. And, they, and we referenced him as Recently, a good Samaritan. Recently, they went on the other Right, side. right. The people. So, so again, it's about who showed love to him or who was a neighbor to him. And a lot of times we're trying to, you know, go to church and get these check marks off. And God says, no, I want to see how you relate to one another. And I tell people that's what a rubber meets the road. How are you going to relate to your family members? Are you going to relate to them the way daddy said it or the way the world has conformed you to do it? The world say, you know, get them before they get you. Jesus said, God says, bless those that persecute you. Pray for those spitefully used. So it's all about how we respond or relate to one another on, on a day to day. Because, again, we want to do things to please God to say, God, look, I did this. I did, did this. And he's like, no, I want to see how you relate it to somebody who offended you. Yeah, that's where the rubber meets the road. Did you forgive him or did you play tit for tat? Did you trade evil for evil or did you overcome evil with good as I instructed? Right. And, that's, then, that's and then let's say you're on your way to church and you see a neighbor needs help. You say, I can't help you. I got to get to church. Right, right, right. I mean, really, no, when you no, think no, about that's what that? the, the Levite and the, and the priest did, basically. They was on their way to the synagogue, probably. They, they was in a hurry. But I mean, how easy it would be to say, you know what, I can't help you now. I can't do that now because I got to get to church so I can worship God. And, and, and I'm not, over here drowning. And not realize that maybe the way I should I could worship God the best would be to help my neighbor. Well, that is, that's, that's what he meant. That's what God wants to do. And remember, it, it goes back to Genesis when one brother killed the other. And you know what his response was? Am I my brother's keeper? <laughs> yeah. And Lord, like, yes, you are a fool. Yeah. It goes back to that. His that blood's was, crying out. Right. That was the first the death. And again, that spirit still wants to uh, advance or continue. And you got to crucify that flesh daily because that flesh wants to do that old sin nature stuff. And, and we've been crucified with Christ Jesus. It's no longer us who live, but Christ who lives in us. And the life that we live in this flesh and his body, we live by faith in the son of man. God, Jesus, who died and gave himself for us. But see, that's why we have Christmas. Somebody said, why do we have Christmas? What do we need to have Christmas for? And that's why I tell them, because of Genesis chapter 3, when Adam and Eve first sinned, mm -hmm. that God had promised the Messiah would come, his son mm -hmm. would come, and Jesus' birth is the fulfillment of that promise, that, that unto us a son would be born. And so we look at that, and that's why there's Christmas, because God knew that we couldn't get to him on our own. We couldn't make things right on our own. We couldn't do enough good stuff to justify ourselves before him, and that he would have to send his son, that he would himself bring the sacrifice. Well, well in other words, he, he birthed himself into the earth realm through a virgin. Well, Abraham tells Isaac, God himself will provide the sacrifice. Right. And actually Ooh, get what it, God himself. Actually, and that is what he's 
he's showing him the principle of Jesus. God himself is going to provide the sacrifice. He himself is going to come to earth as a man and provide the sacrifice for us all because no man could do it. Nobody could do it. I can't do it for anybody. You can't do it for anybody. We can't do it for ourselves. It only comes through faith in Jesus Christ. And, and that's what the scripture says in John. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. The word was God and the word became flesh and dwelled among us. There I it is. God says, God says, I'm going to, I got a plan. This Satan ain't going to never figure this one out. I'm going to, cause God's a spirit. Spirits are invisible. God said, I'm since man brought sin upon the earth. Hmm. So it's going to take man to redeem. It's going to take a fleshly body. So I'm going to birth my own self into this virgin and I'm going to be Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And then I'm going to sacrifice myself. I'm going to, I'm going to be look, I'm going to look like I committed capital punishment, capital, whatever it was that's punishable by capital punishment, crucifixion. I'm going to get crucified because I'm going to be deemed as a sinner because the stuff they're going to say I did, <laughs> which, which uh, puts me in line for capital punishment. I'm going to get crucified because I'm a sinner. Well, we know where sinners go straight to hell. So I'm going to go to hell. And when I get there, I'm going to have surprise. <laughs> I'm taking the keys back. That's what he did. <laughs> That's why Jesus said, Jesus will always say this. If you've seen the father, you see me, you've seen the father. Right. They're one nature. Guys. Right, right, right. Either the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we're one. He kept on saying that. A lot of people still don't got that revelation. They still can't wrap their unrenewed mind around that. He said, we're one. You see, I am him. Remember they would ask Jesus, are you so, so? It is you say, yeah, I'm him. And, and he knew that mankind was going to be upset with him for saying he's God or even the son of God. Well, see, he knew everything that was going to happen. Right, he knew it. Never happened. Yeah, I tell, Scripture says in Colossians, in Christ or in Jesus, in Christ and God are hidden all the mysteries of wisdom and knowledge. God said, mm. I know it all. He, know, he said, I know what next week looks like to the T. And know how you say, I know he knows that because he said every hair on your head is numbered. I know those too. With every person on the earth. If that ain't wisdom. Right. Nothing happens. You know, and, and I guess that's what we need to remember all the time. Nothing happens in this world that catches God by surprise. Right. Oof, lots, man, I never saw that lots coming. Lots of things catch us by surprise. I, you know, we mentioned earlier the, the um, peace overtures with Cuba and, and how we might be normalizing God was not surprised when that went down. Now, a lot of people, it seems like, in the government were surprised by that. Right. A lot of politicians were surprised by that. God was not in any way surprised that that was going to happen. Things are going to happen to you later today. God won't be surprised by any of them. You might be. Things are going to happen to me that might surprise me, but God's but, not going to be surprised by any And I, and I say that concerning the current administration. God knew who was going to be president. Right. He wasn't shocked when he won. Right. In the second time either. And he knows who's going to be appointed the next president. Right. He knows. We don't know yet. <laughs> we don't but know, November but he knows. 2016, it's already set. Right. God already knows right. who that person is. I told somebody today, because it's his story. Get it? History? His story. It's God's story. We just, he just allowed us to play a role in it. We're playing, we're actors in his story. Yeah, he's already picked whoever now, he wants to do. we can do his will. Yeah, we can live according to, to that metaphor to his script. 
Right. Or we can prove. We can submit to the script. Yeah, or we can sit through the script or try to write another one. <laughs> now, what, what I always tell people is you can thwart God's will in your own life. Because mm-hmm. God could have a will for you and you just say, no, I'm not going to do it. He could, if it was up to God, everybody would be saved. Yeah, that's his, his, way, that's his will. That's his saved. desire. That's what he wants. But we know that some people are not going to be. Some mm-hmm. people aren't going to accept. So you can thwart God's will for your own individual life in that sense. Mm-hmm. What you can't do is thwart his plan. Oh, God, no. God has oh, a no. plan for everything that's going to happen. And you can't do anything about it. You can't change his mind about it. Right, right. <laughs> you know, and, and we tend to think that we can, but we can't. No, no, no. God already has, like we just talked about with the birth of Jesus, you know, being manifest on the earth. Back in Genesis, God had a plan. He said the, the seed of a woman is going to bruise your head. He was referring to himself being birthed into the earth through Mary and, 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 and taking those keys. Satan, the keys that Adam and Eve, Adam hand over back in the garden. And, and he did that. Jesus says in first John, for this purpose was the son of man manifested that he may destroy the works of the devil. That's what Jesus, he, and he did it. If God said he did it, he did it. It's a done deal. Because remember, God is true. Sin and death have been defeated. Now, defeated. as we right. look around in our own eyes, we say, well, that that's not true. Mm-hmm. And yet the sin and death have both been defeated. We don't have to worry about death. We've been freed from our sin. It is no longer being held against us when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. We, he has defeated sin and death. Death, hell, and the grave, it says. And again, back to what we said. That's the reason for Christmas. That's why we that's have the Christmas. Reason to celebrate we don't need Christmas. Christmas without that. Right, 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 right. Because that's the good news. The best gift was going to get be given to humanity, to mankind. God was going to make give us a door, a way back to him, and it was free. It was all you have to do is receive it. You'll say, "What well, was the best gift you ever got for Christmas?" The best gift we ever got for Christmas was Christ. Himself. Right, right. That's what I preached on the other day. That's the best gift, and that's why I praise the Lord. That's why I'm not ashamed of the gospel. That's why I bless His name at all times. His His praise shall continually be in my mouth. With the fruit of my lips, I'm gonna praise Him because I have understanding of what He gave and what I've received. And how I'm just increasing. God's seed is designed to increase, grow. And the, it says in Luke 8, 12, that the word of God is seed. And it says over in 1 Peter, we've been born again, not by corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed by the word of God. So we're incorruptible as long as we stay in Christ. Right. <laughs> Remember, because he's the vine, we're the branches. Well, the fruit comes off the branches, but the vine gives it what it needs to produce. So all we have to do is stay in Christ. That's why Paul got a revelation. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because we know Paul had a rocky road, but he got a revelation on that Damascus road of how good God was. Same thing with us. God wants to give all us a revelation of the truth. And Paul was Paul was good. He said, I know I got to get to Rome, man. This is what God's called me to do, go and ain't nothing going to stop that plan. <laughs> well, you know, that's the thing. Hey, and, ain't nothing going to stop that plan. And said to him, you don't want to go there because you're going to be killed. Right. And he's like, I got to go anyway. It I know, man. Yeah. That's what's going to happen right. because that's where God wants me right. to go. And, and better was one day in his court than a thousand now, elsewhere. think about that, though. If, if the average Christian, if God said, I want you to go to Mexico and preach in northern Mexico where the drug gangs are at, and we said, 
some people said, hey, you know, that's where you're you're going to get killed. Somebody we knew that was prophetic said, we know you're going to get killed if you go do it. Would we want to go do it? We'd well, say, wait a minute, hey, I don't want to go because I'm going to get killed. I, I'm going to make it a little more personal. I was just talking to my wife about this the other day. She uh, spent some time on the mission field in a federal penitentiary. And uh, we were just talking about that the other day because she said that God, she told me this, doing that whole thing. She told me the Lord told her to fight the case and, and don't plead not guilty. She said, she said she went into prayer and that's what God told her to do. Guess what she did? What the Lord told her to do. But it didn't work out like she thought it was going to work out. But all things did work together for the good. Right. For those who love the Lord. So, again, just like you just used the, the missions in, in Mexico, well, God will tell you to do something that don't make sense. Moses, stick out the staff by the Red Sea. Well, you know, Moses probably said, well, what, what good is that going to do? Right now, we got all these Egyptians coming on us. Just go ahead and do it, Moses. Because God's going to tell you to do something that ain't going to make sense, sense necessary, but it does make faith because he's a faith God. And, and part of faith is trusting in the Lord with all your heart. He wants you still to trust him, even though it didn't work out the way you thought it was going to work out. But he promises, remember, and he's the truth. He promises that all things shall work together for the good. Because remember, he has the plan. He already knows what the plan is, Richard. I'm getting a revelation as I'm saying this. He already had the plan, but and part of his plan was you to probably go there. And in my wife's cases, she needed to go there and minister to those people. If she wouldn't have been obedient to that, you know, man, a lot of people probably wouldn't have got saved. And remember, that's God's desire that no man should perish, that all may have become, have eternal life. So he'll send you somewhere to go give somebody a word about the truth, about who he is. And, and the key to that is God works all things to the good for those who love him. A lot of people read that to mean God's only going to let good things happen to me. No. No. God works all things. Some of those all things could be bad things, right? but he's going to work those things to the good. Well, Jesus told us in this world, you will have trials and tribulations. He said, but be of good courage, meaning be a good cheer. I have overcome the world. And the scripture says, this is the victory has overcome the world, our faith. And he tells us, you know, you're going to be persecuted for the word's sake. Stuff's going to happen to you, but still, I'm going to make it work out. You got to go through the storms of life. Right. But... I want you to go through those storms with praise, speaking as an oracle of God, speaking in line with my word. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and, the, and Abednego did it in the lion's den. They say, uh-uh, man, God's going to deliver us. Hey, we're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. We want to miss you. wish you guys a Merry Christmas. And remember, keep walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.